Hi, this podcast is brought to you by Able Training Support Limited, who deliver over 250 engaging and informative training courses to settings that care for or educate adults or children. They deliver face-to-face, virtual and e-learning courses across the UK, and they're specialising courses around understanding people and improving practice. Visit able-training.co.uk for more information. Uh, Welcome to episode four of the Able to Care podcast. My name is Andy Baker. I am head trainer and managing director of Able Training Support Limited. Uh, 20 or so years experience in the care industry, uh, 15 of those kind of teaching. And then... Hi, I'm Nadine. Um, I'm a a training partner. I think that's my title. (laughs) A training partner for Able uh, Training. I've been here for the last couple of years. But prior to that, it was eight years worth um, in the care industry. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Now, as you, some of you may be able to tell, we're doing a bit of a Christmas edition podcast this time. Um, the hats aren't just something we reg- wear regularly. I'd say a bit of a giveaway. <laughs> um, but we thought we'd do a podcast this time as we get in towards, or, or this podcast should be being released in, in December. So we thought it'd be quite an interesting one to talk about Christmas in care, because um, I think there's quite a, a lot of different areas where, uh, say, Christmas, lots of people have different feelings and thoughts around Christmas experience. Uh, and obviously Christmas within the, especially like the residential care sector, but also I suppose community care environments as well, um, can offer quite a lot of challenges. Um, yeah. it's, a, it's a kind of challenging and a positive time of year. It's yeah. kind of very busy for staff. Uh, also busy for, for uh, service users, residents and children, things like that. So I yeah. thought we'd talk about that this time. So yeah. So how's your, do you like Christmas? I love Christmas. Yeah. I really, really enjoy it. However, obviously working in the care sector for like eight years, I did a lot of Christmases. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think it's made me appreciate it more because now obviously I get to stay at home. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think yeah, I, I really appreciate carers more as well. Yeah. Knowing that they're leaving their own families to go spend time with somebody else on Christmas Day. And I'm not, you know, I, I just think it's, I think it's lovely. And care does not stop over Christmas. And no. I think we, we sometimes forget that it, it never stops. Yeah, 100%. I think it's um, one of the things that I, I missed out on a number of Christmases in other guises that I've done. So when I came into and started doing this full time, it was kind of something that felt... I've missed out on quite a lot, so I would like to now have mm. more time and, and just enjoy that that kind of Christmas period a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but I think it's uh, it's quite a positive time of year in care in some ways. I think depending on how you feel about your role and, and the job itself, I think yeah. obviously there's a lot of carers out there that their care setting is an extended family from themselves anyway. Definitely. So, yeah. you know, you visit your partner's family on one day and, you, you, and then your own family on Boxing Day, for instance. And, yeah. and then there's for a lot of carers have got another family they go to that yeah. they have to kind of fit in within that which it, I think it, is... it depends on what kind of settings you're in but yeah. from from my previous setting especially ours was brilliant in the sense that we could take the people that were looking after home to our families right. if they had nobody else to spend it with and i know like i'm still in touch with a few few people and they're spending christmas with yeah. staff members in their home own uh, in their homes and in their environments and yeah. I, just, I think it's lovely i think that's, it's a really, really nice isn't it yeah really, especially yeah. for for those who don't have families or a you know, slightly unfriended and, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. it's really nice. Uh, and the further staff are kind of, and, and that shows where, uh, obviously the, the last podcast we did wasn't the most positive around care, but this no, is where no. it steps in with that kind of the, the really positive side of care, that there is people out there who yeah. invite service users, they don't see it as just a job, they invite them as people they genuinely There's kind of support and care staff. for and yeah. absolutely, and, and want to be involved in their lives in yeah. total. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really nice, obviously. Yeah. 
as last time we talked about professional boundaries and stuff, so we have to do that with care and of risk course, assessment. Of course, everything has like to be that, in the but... care plan and risk assessed. Um, you wouldn't take somebody home who's o- yeah. obviously that has more complex needs and those kinds of things. But yeah, well, there's lots of people out there that do get to go home with staff members. If they didn't, yeah. they most likely wouldn't see any of their own family members on Christmas Day. Mm, and Christmas yeah. would be a very another day to them, another staff member coming in and yeah. those kinds of things. So it's all, it's all those factors that really make somebody's Christmas, I think, in care massively. Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, I, I, for me personally, I, I do like Christmas. I find it quite a stressful time of year. I yeah. feel that it's quite stressful. Um, there's things that I really like about it and there's things that I don't like about it. And we'll, we'll yeah. talk about a few of those things through because I think everybody does have very different perceptions about Christmas. Yeah. You know, you know that typical humbug mm. uh, kind of feeling and stuff like that that... Um, and I think sometimes it's the way we approach Christmas sometimes puts people off yeah. uh, as far as the, the kind of whether it be the overly commercialized or it's all about the gifts rather than all about the kind of the connection. Yeah. Um, I think if, for me, if you look at it as kind of it should be an opportunity to take some time out and engage with the people you care about, whether yeah. they're family or the, the people you work with or whoever it is. Mm. Um, but I think there's a lot of pressure around gifts and stuff like that. And yeah. I think that's something I've seen negative attributes of around around Christmas as well. The kind of the uh, the, the gift giving and stuff like that. It seems lovely, but actually there's a, there's mm. a darker side to Christmas. Not not to bring it down. I won't. It's <laughs> more depressing. No. <laughs> but I think um, generally around Christmas, most people are thinking about gifts. They're thinking about food. They're thinking about spending time with family. Obviously, for mm-hmm. some people, it's very religious. Obviously, it's got that still like strong religious connection to yeah. it. Not everybody. Um, but also we're in a very multicultural society, so it is changing yeah. how people kind of approach Christmas and, and, and celebrate and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought we'd, uh, over the over the podcast, we'd talk about a few different environments and, and how, from our experiences, how we've seen um, Christmas affect. Um, I know that we mentioned before we started the podcast that you've definitely worked with a few people who found Christmas quite a difficult time of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Not always... Not always because Christmas itself, they didn't like it. It was more, it was a bit of a mixture. So I had one gent that I worked with um, Mm. and he loved Christmas. He loved the decorations, really invested in doing activities like based on Christmas and those kinds of things. But in the run up to Christmas, his behaviours, excuse me, went really like they escalated on a day to day basis. A lot of it was due to, he, he had a lot of anxiety and those kinds of things. And mm. a lot of that around the Christmas, is my family going to come and see me? What stuff have I got on that day? What if this or what if that? Or yeah. what if I don't get the presents that I want? And this for two weeks continuously before Christmas, yep. um, behaviours really, really sort of shot up and staff numbers then had to go up. And, and that was every year. Yeah. That was pretty much every year. Yeah. I'm kind of assuming on that, was this um, uh, one of the learning disability set, settings? So it's learning disability. Health, yeah. So, um, uh, schizophrenia, so some mental health in there as well. So schizophrenia, mm. um, Asperger's, learning yeah. disability, yeah. OCD. So there's a lot of different factors, very complex going on there. Even though the anticipation was great, so mm. it was like, yeah, let's go shopping and we'll buy some Christmas stuff. That part was great, but then as we got closer and closer, it it was really tough for him. Yeah. Really tough. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think um, 
one of the things if we just if we just focus maybe on the uh, the kind of the autism aspect of yeah. that. So that's definitely something I've come across an awful lot. Is that for those uh, on the on the autistic spectrum, obviously, again, there, there may be those mixed feelings that Christmas is kind of a fun and a positive time, but it does tend to be a massive change in routine. Yeah. Um, the, the things that we normally do, suddenly they all go out the window. We're mm. doing things differently at the moment and we're having meals at different times of the day and we're changing the meal order up. And, mm. and that's always for the people who uh, feel safer in that level of predictability in life and, and find that comfortable. Stepping outside of that can be very anxiety provoking so although it's it doesn't mean we should necessarily stop it 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 just needs to be kind of carefully managed as far as um ensuring that person's overall happiness yeah i think one of the things that i've come across is is um we always have quite certain expectations we always take our values and our attitudes and beliefs into wherever we are that's the nature of human behavior isn't it Mm -hmm. um so we like to do things in a certain way at home and we may then like to do that certain thing we want to try and introduce those same ideas and values to in the places that we work if i give an example so um I was caring for a lad that he really struggled with Christmas. We had a major meltdown one time because um, Santa didn't bribe him the right gift. And all it was that he um, wanted this particular car set. Uh, So Santa got him that car set, but there was one car that was different. And he couldn't cope with that because it was not the same. And that's, you know, a very, very autistic trait. And and he really kind of struggled. and it kind of ruined Christmas a little bit for him and for it affected those around him as well. Not his fault. Completely understand that. So we did something different the following year, which is out of that kind of cultural norm. And I talk about this on training sometimes where we went down to um, uh, as soon as the TV adverts started coming around the Christmas gifts mm. and stuff like that. As soon as Christmas started to be talked about of what presents they were wanting and whether it be um, uh, the toys they wanted and stuff, we decided that rather than waiting with that apprehension because actually there's a lot of anxiety built up to as well as you just mentioned there like am i going to get the gift i want and stuff like that mm-hmm. so it's something you can't the predictability isn't there there's a common thing like not enjoying surprises mm-hmm. and i know you know somebody else who doesn't massively enjoy surprises uh, facing you um <laughs> <laughs> but as far as for, for him it was a case of um we took him out to the, one of the toy shops um i think it was must have been october and he chose the present he wanted to be his main present at Christmas. Now, he was quite happy to wait to open it or to have it um, as long as he knew where it was. So he put it in a wardrobe. Um, he would occasionally ask, can I see my present? And he'd come and look at it and just check it was there. And just that having it seemed to just create such a more settled feel around that he's got the thing he wants. He's happy to wait. He was OK to be patient, but he just knew it was coming. And that, that predictability made him feel so much better mm. because it was exactly what he wanted. He was just excited about then getting it. So he could be excited about the gift. And I think, um, he said, I know, I know for myself, I, I always found Christmas quite difficult when I was a kid because it was he not knowing what I got. And it, it made me feel more anxious than enjoy mm. um, as far as not knowing what was inside that box, whether it was actually something I wanted, whether, mm. you know, the, the, the CD-shaped package, which or the cassette-taped package, to be fair, <laughs> to show my age <laughs> a little bit, was the actual album I wanted or whether they got me a different one. And um, I think, so I think surprises is something that some people really like and some people just can't cope. They, they don't enjoy it. Mm. They find it 
it just a negative thing rather than a positive thing. Yeah. So I think that's where, again, person-centred within that Christmas. I think so. And I think with Christmas as well, um, not always been a positive experience for everybody throughout childhood and yeah. those kinds of things. I mean, a lot of the people that I've worked with have had trauma around Christmas or, yeah. you know, at Christmas time, this is what happened, bereavement, grief, all those kinds of things as well. So you've got all those different factors to consider. Yeah. You know, look at looked after children. Last Christmas I was with mum where I wanted to be. Now I'm yeah. with the family I don't really know. Yeah. It must be really tough. Especially, um, yeah, with a lot of uh, foster kids, sometimes although a family can be incredibly warm and welcoming, it's mm. still not their family and they yeah. may never feel quite as part of the family, especially if there's, yeah. there's other biological children there and stuff like that that, yeah. that may kind of... And even if the family don't treat them any different, there's always yeah. going to be that maybe feeling in themselves that, yeah. they, that they, they are different. And yeah. um, So I don't think it always matters how a foster family kind of manage it, it'll always be the perception of the child may, may be different from yeah, what's intended, 100%. I know that um, one of the guys who came in and did some some looked after experience, he said that that was one of the things he felt around Christmas particularly, that yeah. it wasn't he was treated to anybody else. Logically, looking back, he yeah. recognised he wasn't treated any different. He just didn't feel part of the family and felt yeah. like an invader or an intruding on yeah. their Christmas rather than feeling part of it which must be really difficult for a kid to kind of understand and comprehend yeah yeah 100%. i definitely feel as well obviously depending on different kind of like diagnosis and things like that with christmas there's such a huge build like a build-up and everybody's talking about christmas and what yeah. we're going to do over christmas and then once christmas day and boxing day are kind of out of the way i don't know if you feel like this in general but just as a human we kind of go Whoa. yeah huge like, anticlimax after massive yeah. and I, I think this i've seen this an awful lot as well so what's the next thing to look forward mm. to or what, what else is coming what else can do, can i be excited about and those yeah. kinds of things definitely yeah so, i mean you've got you got kind of new year haven't you but that's always feels like a still an anticlimax to a certain extent i'll be honest with you new year was not celebrated as much within no. with it might be different within different care sectors but yeah. yeah no it was all about the presence i'll be honest it was yeah. All about that Christmas day around the presents, New Year. Well, it's just another day to some people, yeah, especially yeah. if they obviously a lot of the people who I supported didn't drink alcohol. They wasn't so bothered about. Yeah, it's not a celebratory and... thing. They're not going to be staying up till midnight. Yeah, anyway not, yeah, no, like no. Yeah, yeah. It was. It wasn't really a massive thing within care for, mm. for us. Um, in the elderly care home, I mean, it would it would be a glass of sherry or something on New Year's Eve, and that yeah. was really sweet. But yeah, yeah not. Not usually. And again, it's an anti-climax where, you know, a lot of the people I kind of work with with autism, it was like, right, Christmas is done. Now it's yeah. my birthday. Yeah. Or now it's this, now it's that. And it's constantly coming on to the next thing, the next thing. Mm. So, yeah. One of the things I've noticed as well, um, as you say, with somebody in care, if they're not joining their family yeah. and, and maybe that's down to the fact that they, they can't or it's not safe to or mm -hmm. the family can't manage or whatever. But often the family are still continuing Christmas without. And I've definitely noticed you know yeah. certain behaviors and um low mood around yeah. christmas it yeah. actually is this source of i'm not the same as the others in my family and they're getting to enjoy a typical christmas and i'm here yeah and i think um that's so important for staff to kind of recognize that not everybody finds christmas a positive experience <sighs> definitely one thing i've heard a lot oh cheer up it's christmas yeah. I, i'm not going to just cheer up just because it's blooming christmas yeah it, in you fact know. that's why i'm down <laughs> yeah that's it oh, so. oh come on it's christmas you don't want to spoil christmas for everyone i've heard the, this kind of like saying and those yeah, yeah, yeah. that sort of terminology used. 
not not by many people, a couple of people, yeah. um, and that kind of dampens it a little bit because yeah. it's it, because it's just because the Christmas tree's up does not mean that we're not allowed to feel or we're not allowed to feel anxious about this. Hundred percent, and yeah. and invalidating of those feelings, as you just gave the example there of oh, don't don't spoil Christmas. Yeah. That's not going to improve a person's self esteem and mood if we're then no. saying that they're. Their low mood, their feelings, the fact that they're finding this hard is yeah. ruining it for everybody else. Yeah, um, um, okay, so one of the things um, I've been doing quite a lot of training around uh, a subject called PDA. Uh, some of you may know what that is, some may not. So PDA is pathological demand avoidance, and it's a label or a syndrome that um, is associated with the autistic spectrum. I've been doing quite a lot of training in that recently, so I was thinking about that in relation to Christmas. Yeah. Uh, so PDA is a relatively new label. So at the moment, it's predominantly children that that, that have this um, uh, that can get diagnosed with this particular label. Um, there's very few adults out there that have this label because it's such a kind of new understanding and, and diagnosis. But so pathological demand avoidance, they uh, basically struggle with expectations and demands. It's a a fear of a loss of freedom. It's an anxiety-based disorder around autism. So they display a lot of um, typical autistic traits. There's some slight differences. Um, but it's this this pervasive need to avoid kind of demands on them or expectations. And the reason I was thinking about this, because I've been, been teaching a lot, is I think Christmas does come with an awful lot of expectations. And mm-hmm. just talking about there, the expectations of how a person should be feeling around this time of the year. And if I'm working and, and supporting somebody with PDA, that expectation is another kind of um, kind of pebble in the pond as, of what they can cope with. So if they have a certain threshold, if I can cope with, let's say, 20 demands a day, well, suddenly that expectation of you should be happy, you should be enjoying yourself is, an, is another demand on top of. You should be excited about the present. You should be grateful for this present as well. Um, and I think that's quite a, an interesting thing. It is a time of year that there is an expectation of gratitude. Mm. And I think it's a strange thing, isn't it? Like, so we expect, let's say, uh, children, if they open that present, no matter what it is, no matter whether they like it or don't like it, to then express gratitude for the fact that they've got it. Say thank you. Say Absolutely, say thank you or make them write a thank you note, you know. Um, but there's an element of that kind of almost uh, you're encouraging a child to lie, you're encouraging them to be false. You're encouraging mm. them to, and, and I know that sometimes, well, we're trying to you know, protect granny's feelings, but it does mean that kid gets a rubbish jumper again the following year. <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing. So as far as the, the PDA profile then, um, I think because even with uh, something like a family event um, or like family coming around, even there, there's expectations on how you should and shouldn't behave and what you should and shouldn't say and, and things like that. So I think it's quite worthwhile for anybody out there who is um, aware of somebody uh, that they're supporting or looking after that potentially has PDA traits or whether they have the PDA profile as far as that real struggle with with any expectations and demands. And, and you can also get this, I think, with... Uh, with some looked after children as well, where it may be trauma based, kind of a phobia or a fear of control and expectations that mm-hmm. you might find this is going to be high stress, high meltdown. And um, especially when I'm teaching about trauma informed care, we, we talk about kind of stabilization period in the early stages of a placement. 
because in the early stage of a placement, you've got this this anxiety and fear of what's going to be like here. Am I going to be safe? Am I going to get fed? Whatever they not experienced before, mm. those same kind of um, those fears may come out in a new place. It may not just settle down straight away. So in stabilization periods, we tend to encourage kind of reducing the amount of changes and unexpected surprises, or maybe even reducing the amount of people. Um, you know, if you think about a, a child in care who's uh, been in an environment where random people used to come around the house and behaved in ways that that we would perceive as as inappropriate or derogatory or you know drug taking, alcohol taking, stuff like that. Kind of look at like the kind of the, the the festive time of year. It could be an extremely high stress situation. Mm. I know we talk about in um, safer caring training generally. Um, about thinking about, you know, w- what if people are consuming alcohol and you've got a child come from an environment where there was abuse around alcohol and things like that? You know, how could we make sure that child feels safe? How could we manage the risks? How can we kind of, can we give a separate area for the children to be in? Can we explain it to them um, of what's going to happen? Or is it a case of maybe we shouldn't do this at our house? Maybe we should find somewhere else to kind of go and have this party or or things like that. I think it's um, it's not about you know, uh, those who support looked after children not being able to celebrate or anything like that. But I think it has to be considered as far as the kind of the, the protecting those that we're supporting in, in kind of especially around your own traditions in your own home, shifting those expectations a little bit for looked after kids. Being flexible. Being flexible. Absolutely. Yeah. And being willing to adapt to those things. Well, this is how we've always done it. I always think tradition doesn't equal morality. Tradition isn't mm. right. Just because it's always done it doesn't mean that that's how you always have to do it. Yeah. So. Well, obviously, just coming on to things like tradition, I was t- talking to you about someone I used to support whose mum was a Jehovah's Witness and he'd been raised yeah. as a Jehovah's Witness. So for us, we had to be very mindful of that. We did ask mm. if we could buy him presents. She wasn't so keen so it would be things like socks and that kind of stuff um but she was always really sweet and lovely and bought all this stuff like um chocolates and stuff because she knew that we like not necessarily believed in christmas but we enjoyed celebrating christmas yeah 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 so christmas obviously being a religious festival um it does have an undertone i think obviously there's many people uh, around the country around the world that celebrate christmas as a very religious holiday yeah um i know f- the example you gave there uh, jehovah's witnesses they they don't celebrate christmas uh, or definitely not the same way we do i'm not 100% whether they actually uh, recognize it as a uh, as I a date i think they recognize it as a date i think it's more about the presence i could the be present wrong giving it, yeah, yeah i th- i didn't think they did but i'm not 100% sure on that i have yeah. to claim ignorance but obviously we've got um uh, obviously lots of denominations and or non-religious um, mm. individuals as well and I think that's important to consider but that's where uh, cultural safety is really important mm-hmm. that we're making sure if that person finds certain aspects of the religious holiday offensive then can we adjust risk assessments or the environment to kind of reduce their impact from that course, but at the same yeah. time then not forcing other people to not be able to enjoy the thing that they enjoy i think yeah. it's it's a bit of a balance this um i know we recently did a blog um able training did a blog on cultural safety mm. and creating an environment of cultural safety and i think it's um it's a bit of a fine line, isn't it? It's walking a careful balance yeah. and finding an environment that suits everybody. You've just got to do person-centred again. 100%. And, and like, as, as much as possible. And yeah. then explaining, you know, it depends on, on the actual individuals, you know. We know that you're not so keen on Christmas or you don't celebrate it, but these people do. How do you feel about them having a Christmas dinner? Mm. Would you like to join? It's all about giving options as well. It um, is. Definitely. And whether it be children or adults, um, you know, they... Sometimes the people who've made decisions on 
how they should be engaging the world. Mm. So whether it be parents or, or you know, anybody with that kind of uh, parental responsibility, mm-hmm. they may have ideas of, well, this is how I want my child raised or what I do and don't want them allowing to be involved with or, mm-hmm. you know, my loved one, whoever it is, what they should and shouldn't be involved in. And I think that's that's being very aware of things like your mental capacity yeah. and stuff like of that. Course, and, yeah. and is that in the individual's best interests all the time? Mm. Um, and that's a difficult thing, isn't it? If you've got, let's say, a um uh, a residential children's home for instance and you've got 75 percent of the children there are um free to enjoy christmas however they would like but mm. then you've got one lad whose parents have expressed that he's not yeah well that could cause a lot of problems is that in his best interest to be completely excluded or as you say could he just join in with the food and could he just enjoy with this so or i think the door just be left open for him mate we we, we know that yeah, you're struggling absolutely. but we're here if, yeah. if you want to come then you can if you don't want to yeah. then you don't have to well, that's worth thinking about from the staff point of view as well yeah. obviously you've got you know we've got a high level of multiculturalism and and uh, different belief systems and stuff within the care sector as far as staff are concerned mm. and there's a massive positive of that isn't it that yeah. they do open that opportunity for some staff to be able to go in and enjoy you know uh, christmas celebrations with their family because there may be certain members of staff that it's just another day to them yeah they would on. want a different day off yeah. to, uh, to be able to celebrate and enjoy with their family for instance it does so. make things easier like i think christmas rotors are always a really scary thing and i mm. know as a staff member like it was young like so here's your three important dates over christmas so you've got your christmas day your yeah. boxing day you've got christmas eve and so there's a few different dates which ones would you rather work so we had some people that said i'd rather work christmas and then take new year off yeah. Yeah. or vice versa yeah. and the anxiety amongst staff hearing about where they're going to work yeah i mean i'm from leicester and yeah. it's really multicultural there's loads of diversity i feel really look at in, in that mm. respect so staff wise we had you know so many different yeah. religions and those kinds of things and we was really looking the way that we could match um so say for example if somebody didn't want to celebrate christmas i had yeah. somebody of like non-christian faith or whatever and they'd be say i'm happy to work christmas because i don't tend to celebrate it and mm. that was it was a really positive thing yeah and it felt really inclusive for the person that they were supporting as well yeah and it, it, it released that kind of expectation like this is christmas and we've got to celebrate it it was it was really nice but yeah. for the staff member and and the resident yeah and again it's it's things like uh, um, attending certain ceremony events and having some information isn't it the benefit of multicultural staff if we've got multicultural service users residents then we need to make sure you know uh, obviously we're talking about Christmas because that's our kind of heritage and culture but Mm. I don't know much about much about sort of other festivals of the year that are are non-Christian orientated or not not kind of typical even down to things like food as well so there was some staff members that weren't keen on cooking particular food for example yeah. that they don't usually eat and, and yeah. those sorts of things so there was loads of different a lot of thought and care went into staff rotors and yeah. I think sometimes staff you know you always get the odd staff member but that's not fair but we've literally worked around the resident or the service user more than anybody as, as, and the staff members as much as possible yeah as it, as it should be yeah 100%. yeah um, but yeah, it's interesting how much you have to kind of consider so much, um, yeah. related to both the staff and the service users and, yeah. and individuals themselves and adapt it. And yeah. again, this is where I suppose, you know, that, that very nature of person-centered care, it's it's hard work. Yeah. It does require a lot of pre-planning. So It does. You know, when we've been really looking in the sense where um, some stuff that I did work with, they, they like we had like a day center that we could, we could use. Mm. Um, so even one year, I know there was lots of different people from different 
different sort of homes yeah. that kind of came together and had one big Christmas lunch together. And I thought that was lovely. I yeah. thought that was a really positive thing. So it wasn't everybody spending just one-on-one in their own homes. Mm. It was more like a community kind of thing. I think that was really sweet. Definitely. I think um, the, the one thing I, for me personally, the thing I love about Christmas most is the food. Um, so <laughs> that, that sounds like a good thing. <laughs> for make sure. Yeah. All I tend to care about Christmas Day is do I get a Christmas dinner? You and want to be fed. I want yeah. to be fed. That yeah. is my, my priority. Presents, yeah. give or take them. But, yeah. but food is the absolute must. I, I think, you know what, just on the back of that, asking individuals if they can give us an answer. Mm. What does Christmas mean to you? What's your favourite things? And working mm. from there, like, to you know, so yours is food, so we definitely feed you. Yep. Mine's the playing the games and the interaction. So, yep. I, you know, I, I do like to eat as well, obviously. But yeah. <laughs> it's more about the, the spending the quality time for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, other people, so I know some people have the Christmas dinner and want to go to bed. Yeah. So, yeah, I think if you can ask that individual and they can tell you what does it mean to you what's your favorite parts about it yeah is there anything you're not overly keen on i think that's a really good place to start yeah definitely for a meaningful yeah. christmas anyway yeah and again and then it's shifting our expectations yeah. on that person that just because yeah. that's our thing doesn't mean that's going to be their yeah. thing and i think again certain environments that could be very difficult especially if mm. if the individual's in your own home and those yeah. sorts of things but, um, but it's like you said you're not a massive fan of surprises i love surprises so yeah. i know for you you'd probably like your whole day planned wouldn't you yes. whereas for me I'd be like oh my god a new box on the doors don't yeah you will go for it and yeah. it's the same with obviously the people that we support if they can have some input within planning their day yeah that should really, really help them feel a little bit more in control of what's going to happen. Yeah. I think that's a really positive thing. Um so one of the other things that um uh wanted to kind of draw on and, and talk about um there's a there's a controversial thing that i sometimes raise and uh, i've had discussions so when, when i'm talking about values in some of my courses uh we talk about lying as an mm. example of a value that most people consider to be lying's wrong um but then i give them loads of examples of where we all lie at certain points and some lies we perceive as positive and i gave the example there a little bit earlier as far as you know the child who opens that present from granny and says i don't like it but then's being forced to tell granny they do like it because that'll hurt granny's feelings okay and that's a good lie and then they're going it's a white lie rather than a real lie yeah. and stuff um but there's one that i think and and I hope nobody listening to this is is you know if if uh, I'll give the, the trigger warning as far as if the children in the car turn it down at this point <laughs> because we're going to be talking about Santa and potentially truths around Santa. So, um, it, that's one of those kind of fibs and lies, isn't it? That that we kind of a lot of people consider to be a really positive that it's it's just a bit of fun or it's you know let children be children and those sorts of things. Um, now, I, I have certain opinions about this that um, I, I don't particularly like the Santa story in the way it's presented sometimes. Um, but what what's your feelings? You, you like the Santa lie? You like it? Do you know what? All I could, I, I'll just come from personal experience. I remember when I was younger and I must have been asleep, but I was convinced I could hear jingle bells coming from the roof. Yeah. Um, and do you know what? I was so happy and I, I was so excited because I was like, oh, Santa's. I can remember waking my sister up going, Santa's yeah. here. I can hear the jingling on the roof. And then my stepdad came in and said, shut up and go sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, Santa's here. I can remember that feeling, that excitement. And do you know what? It's a lovely feeling. It was a great feeling. Mm. Or coming downstairs in the morning, it's like Santa's been, I can remember being oh, that, that, kind of magical christmas feeling yeah. um 
as I've got older, I did do it to my own child, I'll be completely honest. Mm -hmm. And I used to threaten other Santa, again, I'll be honest, and say, if you're not good, Santa won't come and those kinds of things. However, in hindsight, I regret that. Yeah. I really do. I really do regret it. I think it's an easy behavior management tool if it's it's cute. I think many parents. It works works a treat. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And I think it it almost gives parents a bit of a respite for a while, going, oh, at least I've got that as a thing. You you don't get to use it all year. They get to use in that moment, but as you said, there is there is significant negatives to it. Yeah. With the hearing Santa thing, um, I, I worked with a lad who he it was quite old before he kind of realised his Santa wasn't How because old he talking? thought I think he was eleven, yeah. he was eleven or so, yeah, That's so a little old. bit old really. He was already at secondary school and stuff, but he still believed in Santa no. because he'd heard the jingles so he'd kind of done the questioning thing but then thought he'd genuinely heard santa yeah and i had a similar thing when i was young that i think i went through a period where i was a bit uncertain Mm. uh but i was a terrible sleeper i've always always been a terrible sleeper and i think one night my my mum couldn't wait any longer for me to go to sleep she knew i was still awake but just went oh so bought in the the stocking into my Mm. room but um because she was wearing a dressing gown (laughs) and i couldn't see her properly i just saw the silhouette and I feel bad for my mum for saying this, but I then thought I'd seen Santa and I was convinced that I'd seen Santa and Santa had been into my room. Yeah. Now, you know, my mum doesn't have a beard. Um, she definitely isn't that fat, but I think no. I saw what I wanted to see. I, uh, the same as maybe we heard what we wanted to hear as far as the bells and stuff like that. I, I think your mum's going to give you a clip around the ear on next yeah. time she sees you. <laughs> I think she might do. Yeah. But if we look at... Santa is a kind of a, it's a lovely story. Um, From what I understand, it comes from a bit of a fable as far as a a certain saint that used to go and take presents to children and stuff like that. St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas, yeah. But I think it's an amalgamation of a few different legends and stories. And and some uh, different cultures have different kind of stories around it as well. So, but if we look at it, what I don't like is the... um, here he goes. <laughs> it's rant time. <laughs> well, so one of the things I find difficult is that the narrative of if you're good, Santa comes, and if you're bad, he doesn't come. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the things then that working with looked after children, yeah, where some of them have never had a proper Christmas, Santa's never delivered a present to mm. them because they were not in a good place as far as their, you know, their, whether their primary caregivers were struggling to look after themselves or whatever the situation, they may have not had that experience. Or maybe it was down to poverty and things like that. Then again, they didn't. So society's then telling them, we, you obviously must be bad. Yeah, I think that's yeah. something that, that we don't consider as being a bit of a we narrative don't. across the board. Yeah. That, so if Santa doesn't come, you're bad. But then there's certain children that Santa doesn't visit, not bec- because... yeah. They're bad, but because the parents can't afford it or yeah. because the parents are struggling to look after themselves and to organise it or to remember it or whatever the situation is. Mm-hmm. I think that's um, a, a really negative kind of narrative. Yeah, so I used to say that to her just to get five minutes peace. But just in hindsight now, the the issue that I have got with it was you've only got to be good because Santa's coming. Yeah. It doesn't serve me justice or served me well for the rest of the year. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's also, um, you know, I've only got to be good in the run up to Christmas and that. And I can see why kids would be mm. mega confused by that. But you think this has been going on for years. It's in, oh, yeah. it's in songs, so he knows if you've been bad or good. Yeah, you 100%, know. 100%. Yeah, so it's very, it's very much... I think one of the other things that um, that I don't like, and again, it's you know every every family is entitled to um, 
you know, manage Christmas as they like. Um, I, I was always raised that Santa kind of got little bits and pieces. So Santa was the one, when I was young, he got me pants and socks and little silly toy and a selection box and stuff like that. All the main presents were bought by my by my parents or family members. They wanted the glory for those main presents. Yeah, and they? good for them. Yeah, Do you good know what I mean? Because they're the ones who work yeah. hard to yeah, earn it rather than Definitely this guy there. who doesn't actually travel the entire world in a night. Mm. But the thing for me, I, I have quite a strong view on that in the fact that I think that's how it should be. And I know that families can do whatever they want, but suddenly kids talk. And if kids are turning up when they go back to school and going, oh, what did Santa get you? Santa mm. got me an iPad. Yeah. What did Santa get you? Oh, Santa got me a colouring book. Yeah. And, and suddenly it's a case of, so does Santa prefer rich kids yeah. or do you well-off kids or yeah. things like that? That It just seems like, or has, have they behaved better to get an iPad rather than the colouring book? Does that mean that they're better than me? And I think that's, I don't see that as a positive. No, like, no. I think children, obviously difficulty in understanding certain concepts, but understanding, well, my parents earn more, so therefore I could get that present for Christmas and my parents earn less, so I got that present for Christmas is, yeah. is understanding economics. Yeah. And and that's not a bad lesson to learn. No, no, definitely and, and not. Yes, it's not fair necessarily, but, you know, life, life isn't. Um, but as far as Santa buying those two things, that that just just feels wrong to me. Doesn't sit way. well. With it, them. it really doesn't sit well because I no. just think it's then. So a mythical being prefers rich kids or yeah. or, or stuff like that, and that just doesn't feel yeah. just doesn't feel right. I think the other thing is um, it's not a great thing. I, I get the magic and the wonder. I, feel, um, I do feel like you're hating on Santa a little no, bit. No, I don't like it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about some positives in a minute because I have got a couple of positives oh, to yeah, throw out. Yeah. Um, but I just think it kind of perpetuates that the, the parents are liars. Why, why should they be trusted if they've kind of lied about this as well for however long? That <laughs> you seem emotionally scarred. <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe it's... I think Andy doesn't like Santa. <laughs> don't, I don't like Santa. Can we throw some positives in? Come yeah, on. You can you throw some positives in okay, and I'll so destroy just... them. <laughs> <laughs> so just from my background, community-wise, yeah. I, I love Santa community-wise. So I, I think it, um, just one of my experiences when I worked in the elderly care setting... Mm. We had a manager dress up as Santa Claus yeah. and the staff got to bring their children in. And that was really sweet for the elderly yeah. to be able to watch that transition. Now, no kids sat on anybody's knees, disclaimer, yeah, yeah. <laughs> put that out there straight away. But I think, again, I know I talk about that magic kind of thing, but I think for the elderly, it was an enjoyment of watching the children's faces kind of like. Yeah, I think there is a lovely thing about wonderment yes, in, in, yeah. in children kind of having a sense of wonder and magic. Um, but I don't think just for children, and, and you know, you're. I think adults enjoy that. I think yeah. I think for Christmas for me changed as I got older. Yeah. But then when younger children came back into my world, mm. it re-sparked yeah. a little bit about Christmas again. Yeah. Suddenly, it's not about me anymore. It's about the, the children. Then, yeah. Yeah, I took a bit of time <laughs> off. Um, but yeah, then it's about them enjoying the experience yeah. and them experience the magic and fun of it and stuff. And I, I completely get that. And I think that's yeah. for. Maybe in elderly care, it's that, you know, reconnecting yeah. with their yeah. youth, revisiting a little bit of nostalgia, think thinking about their own family and stuff. And just, yeah. I think there is always a joy in yeah. children just enjoying life and enjoying yeah. experiences. So I completely get that. So yeah. I'm not, not completely against it. But then I've also seen, so I watched a video of my uh, niece recently and 
Um, she had I can't remember the name of the character, but from us, is it uh, one of the newer Disney films? Is it El uh, El something? El Canto. El Canto. Yes. Yeah. So um, I think the main girl from El Canto. It was obviously a, a costumed person, but turned up at her birthday party, and you saw that same element of wonder and amazement mm. and stuff like that there. So and it was it was genuinely lovely. Uh, this little girl just kind of jumping up and down, flapping, kind yeah. of just going. Ah! Okay. Yeah. Uh, and ran over and gave her a hug and, and anybody who knows um, knows my niece would know that going over and hugging strangers is not something she would tend no. to do but she was very much <laughs> wanting to give her a hug yeah. because it's that connection so I think I get that I get the kind of the wonderment of it and the magic of it and I letting think it's children just be children asking, asking the person first isn't it the child yeah. The adult, the elderly, you know, those individuals that you're supporting. What do you want your Christmas to look like? Yeah. What do you enjoy? What don't you enjoy? So I feel I just need to uh, summarise for the end that I, I'm not hating completely on the whole Santa thing. Um, I say I do I do genuinely love the wonderment of children and, and kind of see the kind of positive sides of things. Um, I think there is just things that people should consider that I think we tend to think of things like very black and white. And I think sometimes putting that opposing point of view again, there's different ways of looking at this mm. and there's some negative narratives as much as there's some positive narratives. I think that's the beauty of care though I think Mm. it makes you have to look at all those different things that we wouldn't usually do like on a even with our own children we probably wouldn't usually do that but when we're in care we have to look at the yeah and and everybody how everybody's affected by by something yeah Yeah, absolutely so it's a good thing it's positive yeah I think it is yeah you know no one's going to hate you for hating Santa so it'll be okay (laughs) probably don't hand to Santa I think hopefully you don't get stoned in the street or anything steal this hat off him (laughs) (laughs) what a hypocrite (laughs) so if we if we draw this uh this podcast to a bit of a close then so well first off um merry christmas and and happy new year to everybody as far as (laughs) i don't know how genuine that is from andy but from me merry christmas i genuinely mean it that uh, i hope you all have a lovely time wherever you are yeah i do i do wish the best to everybody and 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 want them to uh have a have a wonderful festive holiday yes um and eat well. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> eat. eat well. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for watching this episode of the podcast. Please remember to like, comment and subscribe to support us or send us an email at podcast at able-training.co.uk to get in contact with any stories, questions or comments. Thank you very much.